We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. The show today, uh, with Cooley today, brought to you by Window Nation. They've kicked off the new year with their most popular deal to date. It is a combination of buy two, get two free with no limit, plus no down payment, no payments at all, and no interest for two full years. You're not going to beat that deal. I've told you many times, if you're in the market for windows uh, or if your energy bills are too high, you should be thinking about new windows. Call Window Nation, 866-90-NATION, or go to windownation.com. You won't have to pay a cent for your new windows for two full years. Buy two, get two free. Even when you start paying for them, they'll be half price. 866-90-NATION, windownation.com. Tell them that I told you to call. They'll take good care of you. They can do a virtual online quote or they can come to your home and they'll follow all CDC guidelines when they come into your home. There's nowhere else I would go, nowhere else anybody that I know would go other than Window Nation for new windows. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. Uh, Chris is with us here, uh, on Friday. Next week we'll be, you know, gearing up more for the Super Bowl game. I'm actually, you know, we're going to get to the Deshaun Watson stuff from yesterday. Cooley, I'm actually really excited about the Super Bowl. And usually it's very anticlimactic. And by the time you get there, you're already worn out from all the storylines. And it's like, let's get to the game. I really am excited about this Super Bowl game. I think it's a, a fascinating matchup. And I actually think I'm going to have money on Tampa Bay. And I think they can win the game. I think they can win the game as well. I think it's a great matchup. Someone asked me the other day, other than the Mahomes and Brady matchup, what are you excited about in this game? Well, I'm excited to see if Tampa can shut down Kansas City. I'm excited about Bowles versus Reed slash enemy. Me too. I think Bowles can do it. I think that's going to be the telling point of the game. I can't wait for that. That's exactly what I'm excited about. And I thought about something, by the way. You know, last year, as good as San Francisco's defense was, and ultimately they had Jimmy Garoppolo playing a quarterback. They did not have Tom Brady a quarterback. But they really shut the Chiefs down. 
You know, I was looking at this the other day. The, the Chiefs had, um, you know, basically punts and interceptions and turnovers, and they're down 20 to 10 late in the third quarter before, you know, the best quarterback on the field and maybe the best quarterback in the game. Patrick Mahomes took the game over with Hill, etc. Um, but he had been sacked four or five times. They had punted more times in a game than they had punted, it seemed like, all year long. Or they were, or they turned the ball over. They were either punting it or turning it over. And the 49ers were building this lead. You know, they had they had a 20 to 10 lead, you know, going into the fourth quarter. A two-score lead. So is Tampa better than the Niners were last year? Well, they're better at quarterback. I don't think there's any doubt they're better than they're better at quarterback and they're better offensively with playmakers overall. Now Raheem Mostert was having himself a, a postseason last year, and they were able to run the football and they ran it against Kansas City as well. But you know Garoppolo had a couple of horrible balls that killed him, and Mahomes got hot, which you know might happen in this one. It might. But um, I can tell you right now, man, every sports book in America is going to need Tampa Bay. I mean, everything I'm seeing and the information I'm getting is that the public loves the Chiefs. They don't love Brady in this game. That line's sitting at three. Scary, right? Maybe we should go in big, real big on Tampa. No, I'm not going to do that because it is Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, it is. Come on, it's play the smell test. It's so it doesn't matter who it is. I know it doesn't. It, it, this is going to be a. This is definitely going to be a smell test pick, but not the biggest one I've ever seen. Um, I coolly, you know, there are teams in recent years like Alabama and college football, and like the Chiefs in the NFL. I mean, it's hard to freaking bet against them. Uh, because you know the game could completely get sideways quickly. Now, the funny thing about the Chiefs this year is that they've been a horrible covering team. Um, the Chiefs this year against the number are 8-10. and 10, You know, so they've actually been sub-500. There was a stretch there at the end of the season um, where I think it was like six or seven out of eight games they didn't cover. They covered in the Buffalo game. They did not cover in the Cleveland game. Um, I got to go look this up. The, the, who did they play where Mahomes didn't play in the finale and they got beat pretty badly? Was it the Chargers? The last game of the season. Uh, it was I remember. Uh, either the Chargers or the Broncos. Um, hold on, here it is. <clears throat> yeah, the Chargers beat them. Uh, they didn't cover in that game. They barely beat Atlanta, didn't cover in that game. Um, they pushed against New Orleans. Uh, they, I mean, they, they really had a terrible year covering the number, especially after the beginning of the year, they had a stretch here of not covering in eight of nine games, eight of nine games. That's a stretch, man. The only, and the only game they didn't lose against the spread was the push against the saints. Uh, in that you know that that game in that Sunday four twenty five slot right before the holiday uh, came up, that was it. And the first game they they've covered outright in like months was the playoff game against Buffalo. I had them. Um, 
So they have not covered. Uh, Tampa, on the other hand, is covered in four of their last five, and the only team that they did not cover against was Washington after the line you know, shot up when Taylor Heineke was going to start and Alex Smith wasn't going to play to 10.5 you know, points. Uh, Washington lost by eight. And there is no chance, no chance anyone thought Heineke would play that way. As good as Vegas is, there's no chance. Nope. They just can't. You, they can't be that good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. They've been winning as an underdog outright, too. I mean, at New Orleans, at Green Bay in the postseason. Um, they were an underdog against uh, – well, they didn't They didn't beat the Chiefs. You know, that only matchup with the Chiefs went sideways early. Kansas City dominated them. But I think Tampa Bay is a different team now. Anyway, we'll have plenty of time to analyze that game. But it sounds to me like you, uh, you're going to lean uh, Tampa as well. Um, that's a that can be a painful side to be on against the Chiefs. I there's no doubt that I I, I fully fully understand that there's a chance I'm going to be on Tampa Bay plus the three, and Mahomes is going to be zipping it around to Hill and to Hardman and to Kelsey, and it's going to be twenty eight to ten at halftime. I, I think it's, so. it's totally in play. I don't play. think so. I just I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I, I, don't, that, I hope I think not. Tampa's too good on defense. It's not just the scheme. They're incredibly talented. I mean, I, honestly, I think top to bottom, Tampa is the best roster in the NFL. Is the best what? Roster. Really? The best overall roster in the league? I haven't even thought about that. But It they... would be hard to say that they're not because you look, offensive line's good. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. They have two backs right now who can really run the ball. Two tight ends who are good players and three elite wide receivers with a fourth that can play. Defensively, there's not really any weaknesses. Their their only weakness would potentially be at corner. But they like that dude Murphy Bunting's got three picks and three games in the playoffs. They're playing outstanding with young players. That'd be their their weakness. But up front, Indomitian Sue, Vita is back. Vita Vea. Golson's a good player. Pierre Paul, everyone understands that. Shaq Barrett has been unbelievable. It's it's also not just like when you say that old Giants team that beat Tom Brady, they had a great front. Well, Tampa's got more than a great front. They probably have the best combination of linebackers in the, in the league. Uh, not probably, they do, with Devin White and Levante David. Those are the two best inside linebackers in the league. I, I mean... Uh, no, I, I'm thinking about this. Top and... to bottom, they're the most consistent, solid roster. It, I mean, when we had the conversation about Brady, I you know, I kept saying to you, that team was good with Jameis Winston and so close and just a quarterback away. Um, the only team – so there, here are a couple of, of teams that would be in their class, okay? Um. New Orleans would be in their class. Obviously, the quarterback ended up being more of an issue than anything else, but New Orleans's roster would be in that Tampa class. Uh, and, and really, you know... Lack complete weapons on offense. I, they have two of the biggest in the NFL. They do, and they didn't right, have Thomas one of and them. Alvin Kamara. And they didn't have one of them most of the year. But So I, I'm not taking into consideration that Michael Thomas wasn't Michael Thomas this year, but he wasn't. You know, he barely played, ultimately. Um, but that was a great 
sort of uh, defensive, offensive team, special teams team. They had a returner. They had a great a great defense, playmaking defense, and then they had real weapons offensively. And really, you know, you you and I had this conversation during the course of the year, and I just kept saying, I, I don't know if I believe in Breeze. I believe in that defense. I'm not sure I believed him. And they kept winning. And they kept looking really good winning. And he did play really well. So New Orleans would be one of those rosters that is really uh, was really close. Um, I don't think I'd put Buffalo's roster in that um, category of Tampa's roster because defensively it doesn't match Tampa's, but certainly the playmakers and the quarterback offensively. How about Baltimore's roster? Baltimore's roster is really good. Yeah, I think Baltimore is a really well-built team, and they're built in the way they they are trying to win football games. But, yeah, what's amazing is, like, you look at their defense, and one of their impact starters this year was Parnell McPhee. I know. <laughs> I mentioned him on the radio today when I was mentioning Kendall Reyes and some of the, you know, the C-minus players that Bruce Allen signed for A-plus contracts, and he was so proud of himself. Um, Parnell McPhee actually was really good in Baltimore. Um, and has been. Um, I mean, Baltimore's got one receiver. And going into the year, they had two really good tight ends. Yeah. But then Boyle got hurt. They have three great backs and, and Lamar Jackson. They're pretty good up front. I like their offensive line. Defensively, they're stacked. Let's see. Defensively, it's they have Earl Thomas, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters in the secondary. And Chuck Clark's a pretty good player. Malik Harrison and Patrick Queen are both good backers. Patrick Queen came on late. Clayus Campbell. Um, that dude, Judon. The guy from Maryland that was with the Jags. What's uh, his name? Um, 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 uh, Ngakwe. Yeah. Yeah, Ngakwe. After he was it's with the Jags and the Vikings, I can sit here and yeah. I'm just actually embarrassed that I can sit here and rattle off <laughs> rosters. Um, Watched a lot of football this year for the first time. You know what's interesting is, and this will help us get into the conversation which we're going to today about Deshaun Watson and more on just the overall quarterback situation with Washington. By the way, I think Pittsburgh's roster was pretty. Pittsburgh's good. good. San um, Francisco's. If you San Francisco were to add a quarterback, they're right there. Yeah, and, 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 and healthy, definitely. But it just goes to show yeah. you that um, you know you can have one of the top three or four overall rosters in the NFL and not even get to the final four without the real answer quarterback. Because Baltimore's roster and New Orleans's rosters were really, really good, top-flight rosters. But Breeze was not Breeze anymore, and Jackson, you know, has limitations. He's not an elite. He was an MVP. But I think right now, after a couple of years, I think most of you, and I'm not, I, I think most of you, would look at the the elite quarterbacks, and you would say. All right, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, you can't really throw the old guys into the conversation anymore. You can't throw Breeze and Brady into the conversation right now. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Um, and then you would start thinking about another tier, which would include Lamar Jackson. And I think he almost deserves his own tier altogether. 
because of the style of play and the style of play that you need to commit to as a franchise with him as your quarterback. Um, but uh, you can have a great defense. You can have a great roster. But you really need to have the quarterback. And, you know, this This will get us into the, the conversation, which we'll get to your moment, uh, to momentarily. But it really is the, a big debate among fans, you know, Washington fans in particular, as we think about the quarterback for what we now believe is a developing playoff contending kind of roster you know can you go ahead and just keep building it the way you've been building it through the draft without you know giving up a lot and be a Super Bowl contender eventually you know get to the you know the 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 get into a situation excuse me where you're contending year in and year out for a decade or do you have to say yeah that's all well and good and it's good that we have a good supporting cast but we need the quarterback uh, my my belief is the latter, uh, and we'll get to that in the conversation about Watson right after this word from one of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Uh, before we get to Deshaun Watson, did you see coolly what Tom Brady said about Bruce Arians yesterday? Did you read any yeah, of those quotes? I did. For those that didn't see him, in talking about Bruce Arians, the coach of the Buccaneers, and his first year in playing for Bruce Arians, quote, 
He's a great man, a great leader, a great person, a great friend. He's very loyal. He's just got a great way about communicating effectively with everybody around here. Everybody has a great affection for him, for the person he is. There's nobody that would ever say anything bad about B.A. He's just so endearing to everybody, and I think everyone wants to win for him. Closed quote. Uh, that's awesome. Just straight gushing. Straight gushing for Bruce Arians. Uh, i.e. Bill Belichick's a great strategist and did a hell of a job building a team and a roster. Douchebag, though, in the, in the meeting rooms. I mean, douchebag in the facility. His father took a shot at Belichick after they won the NFC championship game. Tom Brady's father last week and I'm looking for the quotes right now because I want to I, I want to read them verbatim um after the game uh Tom Brady uh Tom Brady senior said that uh went out of his way to talk about how Robert Kraft had reached out to Tom to Tommy you know Tommy Jr um and Tommy. Yeah, and to t- tell him how proud he was and he went on and on uh, Tom Brady's father did about how you know how much they love uh, Bob, you know Robert Kraft and then somebody asked about Belichick and he said well quote I'm guessing he's on a little bit of a hot seat right now closed quote you know what's been made very clear if it wasn't clear already the relationship between Belichick and Tom Brady was just not good you know, after 20 years of all that success together, they had just grown sick of each other. And, you know, unlike Deshaun Watson, by the way, which we'll get to in a moment, Brady was a free agent. You know, this was – he was building towards free agency. He had the right to do this. Um, and, you know, the the Patriots could have made a real effort to bring him back, and they didn't. And what we're kind of learning is it's because of Belichick and that relationship. Man, you know – I think Belichick is sort of getting a little bit of the short end of the stick here, man. He had players that were opting out before the season started for the COVID, uh, you know, opt-out opportunity that was given to all NFL players. He didn't have a quarterback. He didn't have any cap space. He had had to lose key players. And you know what the truth is? They were still pretty competitive considering how limited they were. They got their ass kicked in a few games. They did. How many games did they win? Seven and nine. They were seven and nine. With with Cam Newton, who really just couldn't play. And they must have known Stidham couldn't play. Yeah. They just stuck with New with Newton. Yeah. I'm surprised about Stidham. I thought he would be decent. Um I I do think that there was something to that relationship with Tom. One, in a positive way, that Tom was the Basically, the echo of Belichick did the right thing for a team to win, was a coach on the field per se. Probably not as much of a coach on the field as he wanted to be, though, in what it sounds like with a lot of these comments and some of the stuff they're letting him do in Tampa Bay. But Tom was that rock for Bill. And even if he didn't want to be in the last couple of years, I'll bet you he was. I'll bet you he did the right thing in the right way. And losing that is going to be hard for Bill because – you now just have that one hard ass that you got to respond to. Whereas you used to have Bill and then you still, you were still accountable to Tom Brady. Now it's just Bill. And you get a lot of dudes that look at it and go, Tom didn't like it. We don't like it. And why should we put up with this? So maybe he is on a little bit of a hot seat. Not that he's not brilliant. 
can you continue to be stone cold in terms of emotion, in terms of how you handle your team in 2020, 2021, especially without Tom? I think it's going to be tougher. Um, I would not bet against him with all that cap space. You know, he hasn't. No, I'm not going to bet against him. I just, I'm just suggesting it might be a little bit tougher than it's been. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mike Tomlin's can be tough. Uh, John Harbaugh can be tough. Um, Andy Reid, probably not so much. Um, and you know, they won a lot of games. I, look, I guess what I'm trying to get at Andy is Andy Reid's not tough compared to Bill Belichick. I, I, let me just say here, here's the no, no, no. I'm saying Andy Reid's not. Yeah, Andy Reid's Andy yeah. Reid's the opposite. I'm saying Tomlin's more in that mold and. Harbaugh might be a little bit more in that mold. Maybe not even Harbaugh. But the point is here is, to me, it's way, way too early to have a verdict on Brady versus Belichick. And really, what's the point anyway? I mean, does anybody really believe that they weren't, you know, at the very least equally, you know, equal contributors to to the dynasty? I mean, Bill Belichick was, many people believe, the reason the Giants won two Super Bowls as their defensive coordinator, the way he figured out, you know, how to beat a lot of really good teams. How and how to beat Jim Kelly in the Super Bowl. Yeah, the- and, and how, to, how to get out of the, the NFC, which was just, you know, the one thing that the Patriots, as you, you look back on the Patriots, there, were, there was a lot of good fortune. One of the things that they were incredibly fortunate about is they were in the worst division over the last 20 years. So they won it every single year. They had home field advantage. They still had to win those playoff games, and they still had to beat Pay you know a ton and they had to beat the Steelers a bunch and but you know they were always there with 12 13 14 wins and playing in Foxborough you know after a first round bye um you know when when Belichick was the defensive coordinator for Parcells they were in the best division in football year in and year out and in the better conference with the 49ers and with the Rams and with the Bears and then, you know, Washington and 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 Dallas and Philadelphia in their division. Not to mention the Cardinals who were actually had some decent years back then in the division. Anyway, um it's way too early I think to to count Belichick out from what we think of him, which he's the greatest coach of all time. Like Brady advancing to the Super Bowl, even if he wins it, to me is just confirmation, more confirmation about what whatever you've thought about Brady. And but but I, it doesn't take away from Belichick in my eye. It, look, in the moment it does, but this he went in with an with Brady went in with a stacked deck. And you know Belichick went in there with like nothing this year. That and, and you could almost say the fact they won seven games is a miracle. They won some good. They beat the Ravens. They beat the Cardinals. They beat. I'm looking at their schedule right now. They they beat the Raiders early on in the year. They nearly beat Seattle. They had a really good game at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. Um, they did. Oh, get, they were still a good defense. Don't forget that. They beat the Chargers 45 to nothing late in the year when the Chargers were really hanging big offensive numbers on teams where they were playing well offensively and they shut them out 45 nothing. Now, wasn't there a bunch of special teams uh plays in that game? I think they had like two special teams touchdowns or at least one. No, two. They had a 70-yard punt return and a blocked field goal return in that game against the Chargers. 
But still, you beat somebody forty-five nothing, a Chargers team that could score. That they were, you know, they they had some offensive ability. I bet. I bet. Look, let's get to Deshaun Watson. Um, I bet you New England is a player um, in that. Big time. I want to start with this before I get to what I uh, put out on a poll today um, on Twitter. If you owned the Houston Texans, would you trade him? So, yeah, I would trade him. I ha- It just depends on to who and for what. I was going through looking at some of the proposed trades and some of the opportunities that they could have. Let me give you the for example. Miami. Miami's got four picks this year in the first two rounds, including number three overall, which was Houston's. Right. And they have Tua. Yep. Who, if you remember, going into last season, it was tank for Tua. Right. He's the number one. He's the sure thing. If you're Houston and you could get Tua and two number ones, I think that that's intriguing for sure. I've looked at a proposed trade with the Jags. The Jags have two first this year, number one overall and number 25, and it would be plus. It would be those two plus. I mean, basically everyone's saying it's got to be the value of three number ones, maybe at a minimum, and then plus. Yeah, but Jags. the problem with Jacksonville is I just can't see that they would trade Deshaun Watson in the division. But maybe the one, the other way to look at it is you're trading Deshaun Watson for Trevor Lawrence and you're getting a lot more. And absolutely. Well, the, the, the other side of it is Deshaun Watson's essentially got to agree to the trade. He's got a no-trade clause. Right. So he's got to agree to the trade. Mm-hmm. There's a proposed trade I saw with Carolina where it's – Houston's going to receive a 2021 first and a second, a 2022 first, a 2023 first, and Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, you're talking about three, four first rounds or three firsts and a second plus a quarterback. I think that you have to consider that. If you believe that you could, if you're Nick Casario in Houston and you believe that you know who to get and you can at least get a sure thing at quarterback, or an answer at quarterback, yeah, for sure. I mean, look at the Jets. The Jets have two firsts this year, and they have Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Get two firsts, Darnold plus a second, plus whatever, yeah. If you didn't want to trade him, I have a crazy question for you that I just thought I thought about. So, really, Watson hasn't necessarily disclosed exactly how frustrated he is or why with Houston. The, the idea is that he wasn't involved in the hiring of a GM. And I don't know if he was involved in the hiring of a, a, a new head coach because they hired David Coley from Baltimore. Well, he clearly wasn't impressed by that. But they kept his offensive coordinator who he liked. Yeah. Well, after the Cully announcement was when we got all the breaking news yesterday that Deshaun Watson has requested a trade. Uh, he may have done it already, but it became official yesterday after the Cully announcement. So Cully wasn't clearly uh, enough for Watson to say, "Oh, that's a good hire." I'm going to say, "Who did here. Watson want?" Is my other question at head coach. The enemy. The enemy. Would it that have got it done to keep him? So here's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. And I guess you're too deep into it now with Coley, and maybe Watson likes Coley. 
would you have just fired Casario and started over? <laughs> hey, Casario, we're going to pay you a lot of money here, but we got to keep our quarterback. And apparently he needs to make the decision on the GM. I'll tell you what, it would just add to what has truly been one of the more dysfunctional situations in organizations, you know, outside of, you know, our place here and, you know, a couple of others. I mean, in the last six months to a year, the Eagles and the Texans have become like so dysfunctional. It's really nice to see with right. Philly. Um, would I do that? You know, let me back up. I mean, I would have played it differently than Cal McNair. I would have never promised Deshaun Watson, if that's indeed what he did, that he was going to be involved in in the selection or the process of helping to select a general manager or head coach. I would have never set that expectation, but I would have over-delivered. I would have said, hey, Nick Casario's here interviewing for the job uh, tomorrow. I'd really, really appreciate it if you've got 30 to 45 minutes to sit down and talk with him. I, I, I'd love to, to, to know what your opinion is. Um, because it's all about making somebody feel like they're involved. And by the way, I would value, you know, Deshaun Watson's opinion if I were the owner and I'd want it, but I would never set the expectation that he then apparently reneged on. I mean, you just can't do that, but, you know, especially with younger people who feel and it looked the the the, the world of sports has changed. The NFL does not want to turn into an NBA. Um, but if Watson gets dealt, there's a lot of NBA that 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 in this situation because Watson signed the deal in September. Like if Watson forces his way to be the second highest player player paid in in the history of the NFL. Yeah. So you know, I bet the league isn't really thrilled about this. Um, not thrilled with the way Houston handled it. Not thrilled with the possibility that this could be like the beginning of you know, players, um, you know, demanding trades and not honoring contracts. You know, the NFL's already always been different than the NBA. It's been more like most businesses, you know. When you sign a contract, you live up to it. You don't sign a contract and then the next day say, yeah, I I signed that thing, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't like that. Um, Watson signed the deal in September. By the way, just as a a matter of fact, after – DeAndre Hopkins got traded. So he had to sense already the dysfunction of the situation that he was about to sign his way into for several more years. But he signed it anyway. And I I would also – somebody wrote this to me, and I think it's fair. When you're 25 years old and somebody puts a contract in front of you that will make you the second highest paid player in the history of the game behind Patrick Mahomes, who had just signed that deal, it's hard not to sign it. But then, you know, four months later to, 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 to demand to get out of it is really tough for the per- person that gave you that contract to deal with. So from my standpoint, if I were the Texans, there is no way I would trade Deshaun Watson unless I oh, got – there's a way. Hold on. Unless I got Deshaun Watson back. I'm not – Cooley, here's the thing. We, we, we're, we're, we're missing – I'm not saying you are. I'm suggesting you might be. Watson is 25 years old. He's got a big arm. 
He can make every throw. He's a playmaker inside the pocket, outside the pocket. He's a dangerous runner as a scrambler, as a dual-threat zone read guy. He's an unquestioned leader on the field and off of it. He's His talent is top five. His production is top five. His intangibles are A+. He's the definition of of an elite quarterback, and he is the definition, certainly one of the many definitions, of a an elite franchise quarterback. He is a leader on your field, inside your locker room, and in your community. There is nothing about this guy that says he isn't the guy. He's one of those that you have to have if you're going to be for 10 years in the playoffs 90% of the time, and 30% of the time have a chance to win the Super Bowl. You know, I this guy this year completed 70.2% of his passes, threw for nearly 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, rushed for 450 and 3 touchdowns on a terrible team in the midst of the worst dysfunction that organization's ever had. Pat Mahomes is better. Aaron Rodgers is better. Maybe Josh Allen is better. I'm not counting the old guys. I'm not going to count uh, count Brady or Breeze anymore. Russell Wilson might be better. He is available and you franchises 25 26 of them don't have this person and probably will never find this person. Like it, the chances of finding this guy are a long shot with draft choices. It's like one out of every five in the first round hits. One of one out of every four. He's available. It is the most unique situation we've ever seen. It will bring back, if he is traded, it will bring back the largest haul in the history of a trade in the league. It'll break the Herschel Walker deal. When 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 the Cowboys traded Herschel Walker uh, to the Vikings for just essentially the foundation of what would become three Super Bowls in four years during the Jimmy Johnson era. You cannot be a consistent winner. Like, you can be a winner occasionally. You can be a decent team. You can be the 49ers last year with Jimmy Garoppolo. You can be the Broncos with Peyton Manning. You can get a little bit lucky with Nick Foles, but you can't be what the Packers have been, what the Seahawks have been, what the Chiefs are on the verge of becoming, what the Bills might be on the verge of becoming without having that position taken care of. So for me, I would not trade him unless I was getting him back. And if I were tra- and, and if I were a team without one of those guys, I would be super aggressive in trying to land him. Uh, and that's where you know if I want to go to the whole Washington situation and what you would do or what you wouldn't do, I would well, hold, be. Hold on, though. Yeah, hold on. Go ahead. Before you say you won't trade him, what if you don't trade him and you don't have him? Um. So what it basically. He, what it looks like, I think the NFL can find him like six hundred twenty thousand dollars a game. Yeah, there's a lot. It's he's going to feel it. He is. Oh, gonna, he's going to feel it, but he yeah. just signed a contract worth seventy-seven million dollars in new money, so he got a massive <laughs> lump sum. Okay. Yeah, but if he, but if but but if he, he ends up not, not playing or retires, he's going to have to pay some of that back, and they can, they can go after it. They can go after it. Retire. Yeah. Here's when he's going to feel it. Okay, and, and they can say this to him, Deshaun. After two years, you're really going to start to feel this. Sort of. But he's still got a salary. He's got a $10 million base salary. It's essentially going to cost him like $12, $13 million to sit out an entire year. 
They can find him for mini camp. They can find him for training camp. Fifty grand a day for training camp. Right. The fines plus so they're not. They don't have to pay him. Couple million. I mean, it might be fourteen million. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's gonna. But he's just signed a seventy million dollar contract. And if you're Deshaun Watson, you're like, the second I go somewhere else, I'm gonna make that money back. It's not running back. It's not the Le'Veon Bell situation where he was gonna sit out because he didn't want to be franchise tag. This is a different situation. Sean Watson's got a massive contract. He's going to get it the second he steps on the field. I understand that, and he's already gotten a lot of lump sum money up front. I understand that. I, I do. I, I know where you're going with this. Like, it's a real dilemma. It's a real dilemma. It's not good for either party, but it's really not good for Houston. I know. Because it's, it's just not worth it to you. Uh, Andrew, and if you really want him back, if you really said, we, we're not trading you because we really want you. We're really going to teach you a lesson with this. You know, so we're going to find you every penny of it. Like, do you really find him every penny of it? You're damn right, I would. You're going to have to, but then he's definitely not coming back. Okay, well, you know, at some point he's going to want to play football. He's not going to wait for the four years to to run out, and then even then, I'm sure the the team would have major lawsuits and grievances to try to get a lot of the money that they paid him back. You know, the bottom line is he signed the contract. Oh, I understand it he has, completely, but the he bottom has line to is play. the contracts are now so big yeah, that I know. it's going to become like the NBA with certain players because they can afford it. They, they, they have to be careful, though, Cooley. If if they just give in and they end up taking you know a, a package that doesn't equal what Deshaun Watson would give that organization over the next decade, it's a terrible precedent. You know, and I would look. Here's what I would do if I own the team. I would sit down with him and figure it out. You know, Andrew Brandt, the the longtime you know NFL executive for the Packers, and uh, I've had him on the show before. Um, he tweeted something out. He said all the photoshopping of Deshaun Watson on new teams, you know, because everybody's doing that with Deshaun Watson in their own team's uniform. As that commences, a couple of words from the relax corner, as in relax everybody. Number one, he can't trade himself. <laughs> Which is true. Number two, if the GM trades Watson, he will be the old GM soon. And number three, he wrote, it's January. The season is eight months away. As with all things, we'll see, dot, dot, dot. You know, essentially saying, let's all take a deep breath. He ain't getting traded. And it wouldn't surprise me if that is the ultimate um, conclusion to this. Now, this Jack Easterby dude that's in the in the organization that apparently nobody likes and and Watson doesn't like. Um, you know, if 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 Cal McNair picks Jack Easterby, team chaplain and team character coach, over Deshaun Watson, and I were a Texans fan, I would be outraged, outraged. Um, and so, by the way, I think your boy Bruce. I think your boy Bruce would dig his heels in and say, fuck you. You're playing for me. I'm not trading you. He already proved that he would. Well, yeah, but this would be a little bit different because, you know, he just paid him. He just paid him. So let's move it to Washington. If I'm Washington, I would have been, I would have tried to be the first call to Houston a few weeks ago to say, we are in. We want to make an offer when you're ready to hear offers. And if they are ready to hear offers, I'm super aggressive, Cooley. 
I'm super aggressive. And, and the way I've thought about this in a number of ways, and I'll start with this because I'm going to ask you the question. How many games would they have won this year if Deshaun Watson was on the team, but they didn't have their first-round uh, pick um, from this past year, uh, and they didn't have Deron Payne on the team? How many games would they have won? I can't answer that question. Houston won four games. I understand that, but that was really a unique situation. They were eleven and five, eleven and five in the previous two seasons, and in the playoffs with him, with with not a great team necessarily. Um, and this year, you know, they let me propose it to you this way, okay? Without Deshaun Watson or with Deshaun Watson, and you're going to lose. Let's say you gave up Chase Young, Deron Payne, this year's first, next year's first. You win ten games. Exactly. If you if you just went back, the, look. If you took Chase Young off the team, just Chase Young. Um, and you had Deron Payne. You win 10 games, and the truth of the matter is you might still be playing football. It's possible. Um, you would have still been the four seed with 10 wins. You would have won the division going away. Um, and maybe you would have lost to Tampa at home in that playoff game. Maybe. Maybe. But you would have had a chance to make a run. So why do we even have to discuss whether or not they should? Like, they should be aggressive. I will tell you this. I don't think they'll get them. Like, I think there are going to be too many teams, and there are too many teams with better draft capital available. And you've already, you know, identified a few of them. But if they have no chance of getting him, but but if Houston says, okay, Deshaun, but it's going to be, an, it, it, we're only trading you to an NFC team, they might have a chance then. Because if you're Houston and you are really influenced and forced into this, do you really want to be one of the teams in the AFC that doesn't have Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, or Justin Herbert as your starting quarter? Do you really want to be the rest? Look at what the AFC is going to have in quarterbacks. And you're going to be, you're one of the teams that has one of those guys. And now you're more likely than not going to be one of the teams without that guy. That's why you can't even, you can't trade him. You'll never, you're going to not have a chance for a decade plus. You, you're actually one of the teams along with Buffalo, along with Baltimore, I guess, to a certain degree. Who knows? Maybe the Chargers. You're one of those teams that may have a chance to compete against the Chiefs or against the Bills. Now, if Jacksonville, I get it, but the, you know, like it used to be that a player would sit out on principle and lose a boatload of money, which almost never happened because it's not going to happen. But you're also talking about a guy who probably can afford to sit out for two years. So what if they say, okay, but we are, you know, you got this no trade, uh, no trade clause, which by the way was really stupid of them. But then again, in September, did they really think they were going to have to trade him in January? Six months. After I he mean, just come on. Deal. Um, but, uh, but we need to, we, we can't send you to another AFC team. I I'm sorry, but we, we, we have our limits here. You're going to put us into a position by taking all of our money and demanding a trade four months after you sign it. And you're going to put us into purgatory. We're not going to have a chance to compete we, with you. We have a chance to compete. If we don't have you, we're not going to add you to another team that we can't compete with. That's how highly we think of you. We've got to trade you to an NFC team. So, And he, and he can say, I, I hear you. 
So I know that you would like to trade me to an NFC team. Unfortunately, I will not be going to an NFC team <laughs> because I would like to go to Miami. Okay, well, if that's what you want to do, um, we wish you the best. We are not trading you. And it becomes sort of a waiting game. A purgatory game. You're in a bigger purgatory with him sitting on the bench. (laughs) Well, at least if if you have Miami on your schedule next year, you don't have to play them. I'll tell you one thing. I mean, the the in-the-division thing is really interesting, right? Because you never trade like a great player in the division. Which, by the way, just as an aside, somebody said to me, about Stafford. Doesn't it reek of McNabb? I think I told you this. And I said, no, McNabb didn't want to play. He didn't want a new system, the whole thing. And that was the one time, Cooley, I think I've told you in the past. If I'm being repetitive here, um, sorry. I forget if I mentioned this on Monday or Tuesday, the last time you were on, on Monday. But the only time when Red Zebra owned the radio station, which was Dan Snyder owned the radio station, the only time I was told anything about something that I said that they had a problem with the night they traded for Donovan McNabb, it was Easter night, 2010. I was at my in-laws for Easter dinner. I get a call and they want me to appear on ESPN to comment on the McNabb trade. And I said, fine, I'll, I'll do it. And it was a phone interview where they put up some hideous, hideous picture of me. And, you know, Kevin Sheehan from, you know, the Team 980. You're not whatever. that photogenic. Um, I'm the, sorry. The Team 980. So anyway, <laughs> face for radio. Um so anyway, you're not ugly. You just don't take good pictures. So anyway, um, I said that night, to be honest with you, my first reaction is why the hell would Andy Reid trade Donovan McNabb in the division to a division rival if he thought McNabb had anything left? So, you know, I'm always skeptical of the moves this organization makes and has made in recent years. This is another one that to me, reeks, something's not right here. And I got off that interview, and I get a call from Bruce Gilbert, who was the CEO of the station. He's now the CEO of Westwood One. Bruce was one of the true and few radio executives that we, uh, any of us had a chance to work for who was really, really good and a great guy. And he just called me and he said, what did you just say on ESPN? And I said, uh, about McNabb? And he said, yeah, I just got a call from the big guy. (laughs) And I said, well, I just said, why would Andy Reid trade Donovan McNabb to a division rival if McNabb had a bunch left? I questioned the deal. I was not, you know, and I said, I didn't, I, I certainly didn't personally attack anybody I just said, you know, and I told him what I said. And he said, I got to get a copy of it. And then, you know, I appreciated the whole thing. I'll tell you what, that night I was actually concerned. The only time ever that I was in big trouble. And then he called me back like late that night. And he goes, sorry to make you sweat it out or whatever. Not a big deal. I took care of it. But they just weren't happy. They, they, they are so excited and so joyous about this deal. They think they, you know, just got the, you know Donovan McNabb, and it should be a massive celebration opportunity, and that you were sort of a killjoy. You ruined it. <laughs> and I said, well, it's how I feel. By the way, who turned out to be right? Where were we on Deshaun Watson? You wanted to talk about Washington and Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I would be super aggressive. 
I would I would be super aggressive, and this is the this is what I put out on Twitter today. This is to me a pa- the kind of package you'd have to consider giving up: three first round picks, one second round pick, and Deron Payne. I didn't put Chase Young in there because I knew that people would go ballistic. But Cooley, I would make Chase Young a part of a package, not with three first rounders and a second rounder. I would make Chase Young a part of a package for Deshaun Watson if that's what it took because of what we just said. They would have won 10 games this year without Chase Young. You and I both agree on that. With the quarterback? I think that we can agree on that. Yeah, no, with, the, with an elite quarterback. And the second well, yeah, part of it is suggestion. I want to go the next decade knowing every September that my team really looks like a playoff team and maybe a lot more than just a playoff team. That's what I want. And you don't get that with just great defense and a quarterback that's average or less than average. They just don't have the capital. Well, I know, but would you be aggressive? Would you go for it? I can't. Uh, yeah, yeah, but my like, my little pot that I have sitting in front of me isn't the same as some of these other pots. I know, but if... Like, if I can go all in, but it's going to be easily matched. Well, you can always exceed anybody. You can put an escalator clause in there. You can make the offer and say, we'll go up to this. There's a boatload of things that you can do, Kev. I just I just don't think that you can get it done with what some of the other teams can offer them. What, are you going to throw in Heineke? <laughs> no. You're, I mean, you, who knows? Maybe you don't have to throw in a player. Maybe it's three firsts and three seconds and three thirds or something. I don't know. It might be you're three. You're going to trade three firsts, three seconds, and three thirds. I mean, uh, Cooley, you could use all of those picks and never get the quarterback right. You've got a chance to get the quarterback. I'm exaggerating on the three, three, and three. All right, I'm not in on the three, three, and three. I, I don't know what it'll take. It's going to take an historic package, all time, to get them. Um, if you if you believe those of you that are listening out there that you would rather go down that path of trying to draft some, that your your franchise quarterback. I would love that path to be the path that my team goes down if I knew for sure they could draft the franchise quarterback. But the problem is the odds are stacked against it. Even those with the highest level picks miss on this position. This is a one out of four deal on average. You know, we can go back on on the list of all the quarterbacks taken in the first round over the years. I've done that several times. It is... It is at best, at best, three, one hit out of four. And it doesn't matter if you're drafting first or you're drafting 17th. Here it is. Let's go through this. In 2010, okay, in 2000, we'll start in 2009 because it was Stafford, Sanchez, Freeman, all right? So one out of three there. In 2010, Bradford, Tebow, 0 for 2 in terms of elite franchise quarterbacks. In 2011, Newton, Locker, Gabbert, Ponder. One out of four there. In 2012, Luck, Griffin, Tannehill, Whedon. In the first round, one out of four there. In terms of elite franchise quarterbacks. I know Tannehill is playing some decent ball now. 2013, E.J. Manuel. Eh. 2014, Blake Borders, Bortles, Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater. Eh, eh, eh. I mean, three strikes. Bridgewater's not a franchise quarterback. 2015, no. Winston Mariota, 1-2. Two. 
And as far as that goes, probably not. 2016, Goff, Wentz, Paxton Lynch. All right, Christian. Oh, no, Hackenberg wasn't the first round. He was early in the second round. 2017, Trubisky, Mahomes, Watson. There's your year. There's your, there's your year where you actually hit on more than you missed on. 2018, Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, Rosen, Jackson. Not a bad hit rate, but in terms of true elite, the only one you know of really is Jackson and Allen. Jackson was an MVP. I, you got to put him into that category. 19, Murray, Jones, Haskins. We already know that one of them, his career is basically hanging by a thread. Two years after he was picked. So you can say, I want to draft my guy. And I would love that to be the case. I would love it because it's cheap and it's the, and you don't have to give up all this other stuff. I, I get it. But the chances of you hitting on that are slim. That's why there are 25 teams that don't have one and only six or seven that do. So I would give up a boatload, a shitload to get Deshaun Watson. I wouldn't get, give up anywhere near as much to get Stafford, but we've already had the Stafford conversation. I would give up definitely a first for Stafford. I'd give up a first in a third, a first in a second. Um, but, for, but Watson is the, is the home run. You're getting a guy that for the next decade is going to put you into the playoff mix almost every year. And maybe one out of every three years, if you guys if you stay healthy and you've got a good you know group around him and you're well coached, you're gonna compete for the Super Bowl. I mean, you're also getting a guy that's gonna do the other thing the owner wants you to do, which is sell tickets. Damn right. And I, I I couldn't give a shit about that. Winning will sell tickets. I know, but you're getting. He'll be in love with this. There's no doubt. He would be in love with this. I mean, Dwayne, Dwayne who? If 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 Martin and Marty and Ron pulled this off, and you didn't have to give up Chase Young, I mean, literally, he wouldn't even remember what Dwayne's last name was. He'd be so excited. No, you're absolutely right about it. I just, I don't. If you were the GM, I, I would be saying you got to do whatever you got to do to get him, and it, it still may not work. But you got, you got, you got to give it your best shot. You got to give it your best shot. I think they, and if they don't, then you know, and if they give it their best shot with Stafford, and it doesn't happen on either one of them, which I think those are the odds that it won't happen on either one of them. I would certainly be interested in what they think about Darnold. Um, and if it's not him, um, and then you think about the draft. And if not, uh, okay, we're going with Taylor and Kyle Allen. Let's see what happens. You know, let's get the re- another receiver in here. Let's, you know, let's get another, let's get a middle linebacker. Let's, and we'll take the big swing at the quarterback. If we don't have that quarterback, we'll take the big swing next year or the year after. But understand this, people, if you don't have that position taken care of, you might be able to go seven and nine and win a bad division, or you might be able to go nine and seven and win a, a better division, or you might even go one year eleven and five and win a good division and win a playoff game or two. But you're not going to be a sustained winner. Denver hasn't been with great defensive teams. We can go down the list. You've got to have the quarterback to have a ten-year run. You know, to be Seattle, to be Green Bay, 
to be what Kansas City's on the verge of being, maybe what Buffalo's on the verge of being. What Indy was. What Indy what was, what New England, New England was, was. You got to have that guy. And if you have that guy, you are a player. You are, yep, Washington's the favorite once again to win the NFC East. You, you, you know, if they, if they stay healthy, man, I mean, with Watson, damn right they could win it all this year. We haven't had anybody talk about the team that way. And even with the great defensive talent that they have, you know, and, and, and the promise of what Young and Payne and Sweat can be together, you know, if you add a linebacker and, you know, and you're, you're not – you're going to be talked about as a, as a potential division contender in a bad division. But you're not going to be viewed as a Super Bowl contender unless you have the quarterback. No one ever is. When's the last time a team was favored to win the Super Bowl without an elite quarterback? I don't I don't know if I can tell you that. The Rams off of losing the Super Bowl with Goff? Maybe. But that said, Goff was on the verge of what people thought to be an elite quarterback. Yeah, I mean, to me, like Goff. So, so what Goff did in that year, they went to the Super Bowl. He had a couple games that year where he was down. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you looked at Goff and you thought, this dude is going to end up being pretty good with Sean McVay. And, you know. He the, really is going to be pretty good with Sean McVay. He had a great year. He had a great year that year. And still, what happened? Still, they needed um, basically a, a non call one of the worst non-calls in NFL playoff history to win the championship game in New Orleans and then New England beat him 13 to 3 in the Super Bowl you know so you know the funny I, I was reading some stuff about Goff and don't Let's tell me you want was... him no okay no what I thought was interesting, because they're not committed. The Rams right now have been honest about being in a quarterback competition at this point, but not necessarily committed to Goff. Unless Sneed said something of, yeah, we can do, you can do anything with the cap because the Rams have no cap room. But even at that, their GM's saying, we can figure out the, the cap thing. No big deal. That's that's wild to me. You know it's wild to me to think about how many teams should be aggressive in going after Deshaun Watson. Well, it, they the Texans said more than half the league is called. Well, the Lions said more than a third of the league is called. Now, that benefits them to say that. But like, you know, I was thinking about Watson. What about teams in our division? Why wouldn't the Cowboys or the Giants? I mean, the Cowboys have a really good option in Dak Prescott, and they will likely re-sign Prescott if they can. And they don't have enough draft capital either. But if you were the Giants, like you're going to tell me that you would pass on being aggressive going after Deshaun Watson because you're so confident about Daniel Jones? Well, you have Daniel Jones in trade. You include him in the trade. Right. I mean, you know, every, the Saints, I mean, they have a, a, a real difficult cap situation, um, uh, and they don't have the draft capital. You know, the Saints, the Panthers, 
I mean, shit, the Panthers should be at the top of the list. At the very top. 49ers should be near the top of the list. No questions. So, you know what? They're going to have a lot of NFC options, too. <laughs> no doubt. No, there's there. I mean, there's no question. Dallas would be one that I think should be very interested. If they can't get a deal done with Dak Prescott, if you can't get a deal done with Dak Prescott, that's the end of the world. That's a disaster. He's beloved there, except if you could sign or trade for Deshaun Watson. No, okay. <laughs> yeah. We're fine here. It, by the way, if they do re-sign Dak Prescott, and just for the moment, let's assume that they will, I've already said this a few times, but it, it's sort of an emphasis on it in, in, in light of the Watson, my Watson thoughts. Washington's not going to be favored to win the division if Kyle Allen and or Taylor Heineke are the starting quarterbacks. One, no. if one of the, okay, they, they, may, they could be a co-favorite with Dallas, but more likely than not, Dallas will be the favorite to win the division next year if Dak Prescott comes back. You know, I know everybody's convinced that they have like like were the eighty five Bears defensively, but even if if that's the case, there's no Jim McMahon or Walter Payton on offense, and it's not the case, by the way, that they're the, they're the eighty five Bears. They could be a really good defense next year, and they could be an even better defense the year after. The Bears were a better defense in nineteen eighty four than Washington was last year. Uh, the Bears were a better defense this year than Washington was this year. <laughs> The Bears had an outstanding I defense. I know, but if you're going to say 80, yeah. 85 Bears, you got to remember how good the Bears were in 84. Oh, they were phenomenal defensively. They, they made it to the NFC Championship game in 84. Um, okay. I uh, wanted to tell you real quickly about my bookie. Go to my bookie, mybookie.ag. Use my promo code, KevinDC. They'll match your deposit halfway up to $1,000. Um, I was looking at some of the prop bets. Uh, some of the main po- uh, prop bets for for the for the Super Bowl game, Cooley. I told um, Tommy yesterday about this one. I actually love this one. The first offensive play of the game, uh, a pass play is is the underdog at plus one hundred. A running play is the favorite at minus one forty. I think I'm going to put some money on the underdog. Although they, it almost seems like a sucker bet, but I can't imagine the Kansas City on the first play hands the ball off to Edwards Hilaire. I don't know. Maybe they'll hand the ball off to Fournette on the first play, but it wouldn't surprise me if Brady and/or Mahomes takes a shot on the first down, first play of of the Super Bowl. Um, there, the, if you go to my bookie, there are so many prop bets uh, out there. Uh, you know, you've got all the, the the typical Super Bowl stuff, coin toss. You know, what the team will do that wins the coin toss, defer, take the ball. Um, but there's so much more. Right now, the odds on a safety in the game, plus 700 on yes. Uh, will there be a successful two-point conversion? Plus 275, yes. Minus 450, no. Um, you got you got odds on the team that will score last in the game. Uh, the Chiefs are minus 125. The Buccaneers are minus 115. Will a team score three times unanswered? Any kind of scores. Could be three field goals. Could be two field goals and a safety. Um, will either team score three unanswered times? Believe it or not, yes is the favorite at minus 220. I think that's pretty amazing that they expect a team to have three consecutive scores without an answer um, in this game where there's a three-point spread. So anyway, go to MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code, KevinDC. They'll match your deposit halfway up to 1000 bucks. 
Um, and there's everything there. They've got an online casino, uh, and if you want to bet some basketball tonight. By the way, I sort of like the Wizards. They suck, but they're only getting four uh, tonight <laughs> against the Hawks, which sort of reeks a little bit. Um, uh, all right. Um, we've got uh, one more uh, subject, which we'll get to right after this word from one of our other sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, your favorite pro football focus ranked uh, the NFL rookie classes from 2020 from 1 to 32. And Washington's overall class ranked fifth by pro football focus with Chase Young, Antonio Gibson. Sadiq Charles didn't play much. Antonio Gand- Gandy Golden didn't. Ishmael Hudson, but Cameron Curl was a big part of that. But it ranked fifth overall with Young, Gibson, and Cameron Curl. Uh, you know, when you get three players that contributed as much as they did and you've got the defensive rookie of the year, that's a pretty good draft. Pretty good draft. By, uh, pretty good job by old Kyle Smith. Kyle Smith did a hell of a job with that class. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. I think there's a chance that Landon Collins isn't on the team next year. Why do I say that? Number one, Cameron Curl emerged as a player that they really, really like and proved he could really do it. That's number one. Number two is he plays the exact same position as Landon Collins. And number three is, while you wouldn't get a significant savings, it would be a near wash at this point to cut Landon Collins or to try to trade Tra- no, Landon you, Collins. Get a, you'll, you can trade Landon Collins. What would you get for Landon Collins coming off an Achilles? Second. Really? Maybe. Shoot, Kev. Why wouldn't you get a second? Um. Well, because he Landon was. Collins I'll was tell, regarded I'll tell, as one. I'll, of the I'll tell you why. He top was four safeties in the league when they paid him. No, a he, lot. no, he wasn't considered that. He was paid like that, but he wasn't ranked that high. Don't you remember that top 100 list that you know the players vote on that that, that the NFL.com and the NFL Network do every year? The year yeah, they signed him to the six-year, eighty-four million-dollar deal, I think it was, whatever it was. I remember saying, "Damn, it's gets." I remember saying, and you, first of all, you you said that's a lot of money for safety. I said the same thing, but you like the player, I like the player. I think that's our positions at the time, right? Or it, 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 does yours need to be corrected? I thought it was way too much money. Right. But you like the player. But you like the player. Yeah. I do I did think Landon Collins was a good player. You actually said, I remember one of the things is you said he is not just an in the box safety. I did say that. But I also said before he was here, he is not a playmaking safety either. And if you're going to pay that much money, you need to get a playmaker at that position. The bottom line is he wasn't even included on the the list. There was like six safeties that were on that top 100 list that year, and he wasn't one of them. So he was paid like he was the best safety in the game, but he didn't come with that reputation. And let's face it, the Giants just let him go. And he was a second-round draft choice to begin with. I don't know. 
I think a second yeah. seems like it would be – I mean, I would love a second for Landon Collins, and I think I would do the deal. Um, I'd throw Landon Collins into the deal for, for Deshaun Watson. Maybe they want Landon Collins. So maybe it's not a second because I wouldn't even hesitate at a second. You wouldn't hesitate what moving if him. I was if I was Washington exactly. So I think it's less than so a maybe second. it's a third. Yeah, I think you're getting a third. Um, would you move on from him? I'm looking at the contract right now. His cap hit overall um, in 2021 is 16.9. The dead cap number is 18.8. Now there's a roster bonus, um, so you'd have to take that and the. I think basically it would be like you'd lose – it'd basically cost you about $3 bucks to move on from him before 2021. The opportunity really to move on from him is before the 2022 season. A much better chance because your dead cap number is down to 9.6 and his base salary is 11.5. So you're going you're gonna to save money just off of that. But I – am, am, am I off yeah, base? I'm getting something for him. Am I off base to think that they they might try to move Landon Collins? Well, do you remember the day we did the podcast halfway through the season and I said, I think they need to trade Landon Collins. You did say that. And you said, you're going to make news today, just so you know. (laughs) And I get this scared feeling. I don't really want to make news. You did, though. I remember that got blown up pretty big. Chris Cooley thinks Landon Collins that Washington should, tr- should trade Landon Collins. I actually forgot that you said that. I, I apologize, but you did, and you made some news. So, coming off this injury, um, knowing now that Cameron Curl's pretty good, would you trade him? Yeah. I'm not afraid of his injury. If, if that's what we're worried about here, I'm not afraid that he's not going to get back to normal. Yeah, I think I would. Okay. Uh, it was just something I wanted to bring up. Um, Lastly, Mark Brunel got hired as a coach in Detroit. Um, He was added – Brunel is going to be the quarterback's coach for Dan Campbell. Is Brunel going to be a good coach? He'll be excellent. Really? Why? Excellent. He knows ball. He knows the game. He knows the position. He relates well to players. He has a ton of enthusiasm. He'll do really well with the coaching staff. Top to bottom, he'll be a great coach. Um, This is his first coaching job. In college or in the NFL, he was a head coach in Florida for his son's football team for a while. High school? He's been a high school head coach for a while, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Um does he have a uh, connection to, to, to Campbell? Obviously. What is it? I don't know. Okay. He was in Tampa with him, right? Or in uh, New Orleans with him. Oh, okay. Because um, how long was Brunel in New Orleans? It says it right here. You're right. In 2009, Brunel played for the Saints during uh, Dan Campbell's final year in the NFL uh oh was Campbell's final year in the NFL with the Saints I don't know it doesn't say that uh I just I just saw that and I was just curious as to you know because I know how much you like him I was just curious as to what kind of coach he would become I think he'll be an outstanding coach I think that's a good hire for them all right uh what else anything else I got nothing else on this Friday going fishing today it's 50 degrees here in Wyoming we're getting a big snowstorm Sunday and Monday huge it has been so warm here. I had camera on the radio show. Uh, go listen to Doug, uh, and you can hear his predictions and how it's going to all come about. But 
um, this is going to be the biggest snowstorm we've had here in two years. Uh, how, how much? How much are you going to get? Uh, probably no less than six, and maybe as much as ten to twelve over a two to two and a half day period. Are you excited about it? I am because we had no snow last year. There was a, a chance for a big storm in early December this year, and we ended up getting like two inches and then a lot of rain and slush. But, you know, if you had been home during that, st- like in your home in Ashburn or in in, uh, in Leesburg, if you had been at your old house, you would have gotten like eight inches out of that. And that, that was like in mid-December this year. We just barely missed sort of the cutoff of a lot of snow versus the mix. This one, camera was telling me was going to be all snow. So, yeah, I, I am, I'm, I, you know, I love these storms. I love following them and getting into it and uh more than anyone i know in the world well you know scott van pelt he's he's as much into this you know what camera told me (laughs) camera said what is wrong with the two of you and uh because because now that scott's moved back scott needs a local weather guy and he's picked doug to be his local weather guy that he texts for you know interpretations of the models and the whole thing and Doug, in a very fun, funny way, was just saying, what is wrong with you you guys? Like, you guys are the opposite of me. You're sports guys that love weather. I'm a weather guy. And he goes, I just love, I love sports. So I, when I had him on the show today, I asked him if he would trade three firsts, a second, and Deron Payne for, for Deshaun Watson. And he kind of said no. He, he doesn't want to give up that much. So there you go. Uh, all right. You enjoy the nice weather in Wyoming, and I'll enjoy the snowstorm uh, on Sunday. And Sounds we will like plan, we friend. will convene uh, uh, together next week for a couple of dates, uh, certainly Friday leading into the Super Bowl, if not Monday as well. Thanks. See you. All right. That's it. Enjoy the weekend. Back on Monday.